1: If you'd like to learn more about Elevate, visit us at iloveelevate.com, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for everything you do, which brings faith, hope, and love to the world around you. I am so excited to welcome our guest speaker tonight. I love this person to like the end of my death. I kind of got a little riddle for you to figure it out. It's kind of going to rhyme for you. Okay, let's see.
0: She's a mother of three, as happy as can be. Spreading smiles to teens is her personal guarantee. She's the junior high cheer coach at Homer Christian School. Not loving her would kind of make you seem like a fool. She's also the event coordinator at LWC. Being creative is actually her first hand degree. If you don't know who I'm speaking of, you shall wait and see. Now put your hands together for Ms. Jamie Conley. <laughs> Now everybody's going to want you to introduce them. (laughs) Hey, guys. That was amazing. I'm like completely floored. That was awesome. Thank you, Sam. How y'all doing? Good. Are y'all going to be a little quiet tonight? No, the answer is no. When Jamie talks, you're not quiet, because then I'll call you out. And then you'll feel really silly. So do y'all want to see my family first before we get started? Okay, so if we could just show the main family member that we have. (laughs) Y'all, Pastor Dom gave me that shirt for Biscuit. How cool is that? Like, he's so beautiful. Do you have another one? Like, maybe one more? Oh. Y'all. Okay, th- just show the video real quick. Real quick. Yes. No. I taught him to kiss. Did y'all see? Yes. No. Right? So I am very excited to be here tonight. I know you are, Cindy, and I'm glad you're on the front row. So I I'm talking about worship. We're continuing in the Psalms. So real quick, quick recap. Can anybody tell me first week we had Pastor Dom and he spoke on? Whoa. Thank you, Jim Conley. Okay, second week. We had the super cute and he spoke on trust. Trust. I'm so sad. The third week, we had Miss Pat So Car rap something, and she spoke on oh. <sighs> <sighs> praise. 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 Okay, so I'm going to be talking about worship. So, what's interesting about worship is that Pastor Dom actually asked us in a meeting. Weeks and weeks and weeks ago, hey, does anybody have anything that they want to speak on? And I said yes, um, wisdom. And so then he texted me later and said, hey, would you speak on worship? And I was like, yeah, um, okay. So I'll be honest with you guys. The reason that it's it's um, harder for me to speak on worship is because, like this past year, I have struggled worshiping, and that's okay for me to tell you, right? Because we're real with each other. You guys struggle, I struggle, your leaders struggle, your pastors struggle. So I would say about the past year, I have struggled to worship. I remember one day I was um, I was in my room, and I was just in a funk, and I was talking to um, my super cute husband, and I said to him, I said, you should be worried. And um, I th- he kind of looked at me, like I think he was a little bit freaked out, because I was always the the steady one. Like worship to me, I can like look at the wall and figure out how God had something to do with that. Like I am a worshiper, okay? So to feel like that for the past year, it was hard. I remember telling you guys, um, I, one of the other times that I spoke that when, when I can't feel Jesus, it's almost like I feel like I can't breathe. Any of you feel that way? Anybody? Yes. So that is how I have felt for the past year, maybe even longer. Like I'm just like, like trying to make it through. And I will be honest with you and tell you that Wednesday nights are my jam. Like Wednesday nights, I come here and I get filled. Um, So I love you guys, like all of you guys. So uh, let's talk about worship. What do you guys think worship is? First thing that comes to mind? Yes, but no. Yes, singing Yes. Yes. Worship team. We have worship events. We have um, Pastor Miko, who is our bomb worship pastor, right? Um, Yeah, he's pretty awesome. But what I want to really um, get across tonight is that worship is more than just music. Worship is more than just the Um, 30 minutes that we come in here, we listen to three amazing songs, we feel goosebumps, you know, the lights are dim, and then we leave, and then what? What if we realized that worship is actually everything that we do? What if we realized, whoever said that, yes, it's a lifestyle, Evan the Rapper, yes. What if we realized that worship is not so much what we've done but what we do and who we're doing it for. That's what I want to get across to you tonight. I want you guys to realize that the person that you're sitting next to, if you feel like you can't worship around them, you're sitting by the wrong person. If you're sitting next to a person who doesn't allow you to listen to the wisdom that comes from this stage or any other person, um, you know, your church or whatever, if you're, if you're sitting by a person it doesn't allow you to really hone in on that, you're sitting by the wrong person. And if you're sitting by somebody at Elevate and you are scared, you're feeling, like you are feeling the Holy Spirit. Like, I can tell you guys that when I feel the Holy Spirit, that's why I cry every time I'm up here, y'all. Like, I don't even cry that much. Do I cry that much, babe? No, I don't even cry that much. But every time I'm up here, I cry. It's the Holy Spirit. So if you are here and you are standing next to somebody and you just, you want to get on your knees, you want to raise your hands, you want to shout, whatever it is. If you are sitting next to somebody that you feel like you can't do that next to, I give you permission to get up and move. You don't have to do it now because then you feel awkward. But next week, let's find another seat. So we're going through the Psalms and I've picked out some of my favorites um, the first one is Psalms 115.1, glorify your name, not ours, O Lord. Cause, cause everyone to praise your loving kindness and your truth. So let's talk about what the definition of worship is, the actual definition. It's to honor or show reverence, to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor or devotion. So basically, for us, it's our love expressed to our God because of the grace that He has given us. That is why we worship. How many of you guys have different playlists on your phones? Nobody? Yeah, Evan. <laughs> okay, I have a few different playlists. So you have your worship playlist, right? We should all have a worship playlist, right? We have a 90s playlist. We have a 2000s playlist. Okay. Um, we have an 80s playlist. <laughs> 80s, right? Um, I have a playlist. It's the Jamie Fun playlist. And it's got like Taylor Swift. And what's that boy group? One Direction. So it's not that that is incorrect. It's not that we don't have different playlists. It's not that worship has nothing to do with music. It's just that worship is more than that. It's not the whole picture. Worship is about our heart, and it's about our heart posture. I I actually met with Taylor... And Laura, which, by the way, the second song that they sang, I asked them to sing that. <laughs> like, amazing. I couldn't even deal. Like, they are amazing. Phenomenal worship team. Thank you all so much. Um, but I met with them um, a couple weeks ago, and I just asked them, like, the pressure. Can you imagine being on the worship team, the pressure that they must feel? Like, what if they hit a wrong note? Seriously. Yeah, what if? What do y'all do if they hit a wrong note? Let's be honest. You cringe. You, uh, oh, why'd they do that? Uh. What if like, I don't know, the drummer drops the drum things, you know? Chut, chut, chut. You know what I'm saying? What do we do? What if they are singing a song that you are over? Like you're over it. So we can't worship in that song, right? I remember at camp last year, I was um, speaking on God the Father, and I went to Miko and I said, Miko, you know, I just, I I need a song. Like, I mean, I wanna do, um, I wanna do, what's it called? Good, Good Father. I wanna do, that's what I'm playing. But, I mean, we've sang that, like, it's old. And he was like, he kinda looked at me like, are you crazy? And he was like, what other song is there to explain how good our Father is? And ever since that moment with Pastor Miko, I have never questioned another song choice because it's not about me. And I can tell you that the songs that are chosen here may mean nothing to you, but may mean everything to this person. I said that worship is a posture. What is posture? Posture is the position someone holds their body when standing or sitting, an approach or an attitude to place someone in a particular Attitude or pose. The truth is that we were all created to be worshipers, right? Did you know that? That's what we were created for. And we all worship something. So, what we need to figure out tonight is what it is that we worship is it God? Is it your boyfriend? Nobody? Hmm. What about your girlfriend? What about friendships? What about being popular? Money? What about biscuit? Why you gotta call me out like that? (laughs) Maybe it's a hobby, maybe it's a sport, maybe it's your grades. But we all worship something, every single one of us. So what is it that you worship? I really want you guys to figure that out tonight. Because until you figure out what it is that you worship, you can't change it. You can't change it in order to worship the one that we are supposed to worship. Over the last few weeks, y'all have learned about praying to God. You've learned about trusting God. You've learned about praising God. Like over all of those weeks, I'm hoping that you realized how good God is. Like he's just good. He's nothing like us. And so in order to worship him, you have to know that he's good. And what I mean by that is if if you have a, um, a friend and you really don't like that person, they get on your nerves, they're rude, they're, you hang around with them just for whatever. I mean, is that really a friendship? No. But if you really, really, really believe that God is good and that he's for you and that he adores you and that every person in this room, every single person in this room, whether you like them or not, he looks, he looks at the face of every single person in this room and he says, I adore you. I adore you. That is somebody that we need to worship, you guys. So I'm asking that tonight you figure out what it is that you're worshiping. You figure it out and you cut it off. Can we do that? Yes. Sometimes it's hard to believe that God is good because we wrestle with his character. What about when... Somebody's sick and they're not healed? What about when um, somebody loses a job? What about when that boy breaks up with you and breaks your heart? What about when things don't go the way that they were supposed to go? You knew that they were supposed to line up like this, blah, 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 and they did not go that way. Do we still believe that God is good? I have one of my best friends from college who, in a year, um, it was a little over a year ago, he lost his sister in a tragic, tragic, tragic accident, has not even healed from that, and he lost his mom this past week. Is God still good? That's the questions that we have to ask ourselves, and it's very much with what Miss Pat said. The whole time that I was planning this, all I kept thinking about is what Miss Pat said last week. Which was, it was that no matter what, when, if she lost her baby, if she lost her son, you are still good. And I will make sure that people know you. I have not been like that. I mean, I'm just being real with you guys. Like, I have not been like that. I want things my way in the way that I want them to line up. And it's just not how it goes sometimes. Life is not always good. But God is always good. Always. My mom. Some of you guys know this. My mom. She lived in Nashville. She worked for a ministry. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Active, active, active. She literally moved here to be with me because I'm her favorite child. Um. And everybody knows that. And so, um. She moved here to be with me, literally, and um. She wanted. To, she had all these plans, like with with her grandkids, and like, you know, just all of. We we're gonna go shopping together, and and. When she retires and go eat lunch and all this stuff. And after she moved here, she came down with something called, it's GBS is what it is. And so she was sick with what they thought was strep throat. And then the next day she was paralyzed. So I remember her being at home and her, her she was in so much pain and she couldn't describe it. And we were like, mom, like what's going on? Because you're not used to seeing your parents in pain, right? So The next day, my brother was there, and, like, my mom couldn't even walk to get to the doctor. She's young. Not to you guys, but, like, I mean, she's young. And her whole life, everything that she had planned, everything that she saw herself doing is over. And so to this day, like, we are blessed that we have a little house that she lives in on our property And she has to use um, a walker and getting dressed is a struggle for her. Putting on makeup is a struggle for her. But is God still good? I mean, I can tell you that I struggled with that. I remember her saying to me, do you know that when people pray for healing for her, they would say, your faith is not strong enough? But is God still good? Imagine for a second, when Jesus walked this earth, imagine the questions that he must have gotten from people. I mean, really. So he has this miraculous birth, right? Can you imagine what he felt when he heard all the whispers about his mom from the people who didn't believe that? Can you imagine what it felt like if he had to pass people, children who needed to be healed, and it wasn't his time yet to heal them? In one word, he could raise somebody from the dead. But he couldn't do that every time. Can you imagine what that must have felt like for him? If we believe that our God deserves worship, I think we have two very important things that we need to remember. The first one is a question. Why not now? Why not now is a cry that shows what we actually believe about God. And the second thing is that his timing can offend our sense of justice. Anybody? Just me, just myself, okay. Listen. I am a justice nut. Like I cannot stand when something happens to somebody and they do not get the punishment that they did. like listen, it is legit. I am a freak about that. It is hard. You feel that way too? you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's frustrating. It's hard. But what we go through is nothing compared to what Jesus Christ went through when he was on this earth. Nothing. Have you ever been asked why you worship? Like, has anybody ever said to you, why do you worship? Why do you stand when, when the pastor says something good? Why do you raise your hands during worship? Why do you yell amen when somebody says something good? And this is what I'm thinking in my head. I'm thinking, oh, you know, I don't know. Maybe because some people value worship, some people value God, the way some, some of y'all value sports. I'm talking to you, Jim. Y'all, y'all, I'm saying y'all. Me, this message is for me more than it is for anybody. But y'all will get up and scream at the top of your lungs like a lunatic, a straight up idiot for some football player that's wearing spandex, running down the field, but y'all won't do it for Jesus Christ. That's embarrassing. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And maybe that football player, he what, scores a touchdown or something? I don't know, get you a little fantasy points on your on your thing, earns you some money. Guess what? You don't know him. You don't know him, but you'll go to a game and you'll do that for him, but not for our savior. It makes no sense to me. Psalms 8.1 says, Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth. You have covered the heavens with your majesty. Psalms 8 says, when I observe your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you set in place, what is a human being that you remember him, a son of man that you look after him? You made him little less than God and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all the sheep and oxen, as well as the animals in the wild, the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea that pass through the currents of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth. Y'all, Psalms is so good. It is so good. There's a Psalm for everything. You're sad? They got a Psalm for that. Right. Sometimes we wait. I feel like we wait for, it's like if you wait for somebody to, um, text you something that like you've been waiting on, like something really sweet, right? Like maybe a message from the, uh, uh, from the crush that you have, you know, like, oh, I've been thinking about you all day. I've missed you. You're so pretty. You know? And like, we talked about prayer the first week and it's like, I know it's hard to pray. I mean, it is, it's hard. You can get distracted. And so you guys are awesome at texting. So what I'm going to tell you to do is text him. Legit, like text him, like text it out on your phone. And then, what are you gonna do if he answers back? You might text him something so sweet like, "Lord, I love you. Your glory, you're this." And then he might pull out his phone and go, "Oh, and me." <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? Like the, the reply that you're waiting for from other people, God gives that to you all the time. All the time. I never answer my phone. If you call me, I never (laughs) answer my phone. I hate the phone. If you want me, text me. I hate the phone. But God always answers the phone. He's always there. He's patiently waiting. When I went through everything I went through this past year... As a human, we would be like, you left me, you neglected me, you didn't talk to me, like I'm done with you, over, I'm telling you, like when I came out of what it was I was going through, God was like, I haven't moved, I'm still here, I still adore you. When I was studying this week, I came up with like two things that I had to really research because I wanted to make sure that I was saying the right thing. And this first one is super, super, super important. Worship is the one thing that God cannot give himself. Why? Because in order to worship, you have to have something that's higher than you. There's nothing higher than God. Nothing. We pray, we read the Bible, we generally are asking for stuff. Lord, thank you for this, thank you for that, but please bless me with this. We read the Bible as an instruction manual so that we know how to live our life. We tithe. Why do we tithe? You're supposed to. Yeah, some of us do it with a great heart. Some of us do it just, just so that we'll be blessed. But worship, that's just giving him something with asking nothing in return. That's huge. Don't rob God of that. Don't rob God of that. in the Bible, they have um, a few different postures of worship, and I want to just super quickly run through them, and the reason why is because I want you guys to know, when you see somebody doing these different things, I want you to know that they're not crazy. They're not on some type of drug, okay? Lifting your hands in worship. That's in Psalm 63. I will bless you as long as I live at your name. I will lift up my hands. Dancing. Dancing is biblical, Not twerking, but dancing. There's a difference. Psalm 95, let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him. Getting on your knees, bowing before the Lord. Psalm 95, come, let's worship and bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord, our maker. Clapping. Psalm 47, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to the Lord with a jubilant cry. Standing in Nehemiah 9, stand up and praise the Lord, your God, who is from everlasting to everlasting. Lifting up your eyes. Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where will my help come from? Laying prostrate. Do you know what prostrate is? Flat on your face, y'all. Flat on your face before the Lord. Psalm 86, all people whom you have made shall come and prostrate themselves before your face, O Lord, and shall give heavy glory to your name. Shouting, Psalm 95, come, let's shout praises to God. Shout triumphantly to the Lord of our salvation. You've got people that are coming in here. They had a hard day at work. They had a hard day at school. Um, Somebody might've just died in their family. Um, Maybe they had a car accident. Like you have no idea what these people are going through. You have no idea what half the people in this room, what their home lives are like. And they are coming into those doors with a weight that they can't carry themselves. And so they come in here, and they just let it go. And they raise their hands, and you know what they say? God, I need you. I give it to you. You know what else they're doing? They're acknowledging. They're acknowledging God. And so what I beg of Elevate is that we never, ever, ever judge the way that somebody worships, ever. You really can't understand the way somebody worships, until you know what they've gone through. So let's make this a safe place. All of those things that I read, and there's more, y'all. There's so many more. They are all biblical. I was was reading this story in Mark the other day, and I thought, I am putting this in this message because it is so fascinating to me. So in Mark 3... Um, Jesus named some of his, his disciples and they preached to like thousands and thousands of people, right? So the disciples are probably like, yo, like this is legit. Like all these people coming here to see us, whatever. So then Jesus says, okay, we need to cross, get in the boat, cross and go to the other side. So then in Mark 4, there's this crazy storm. It said the waves were crashing over the boat the disciples were terrified. They had to wake Jesus up, right? And Jesus calms the storm. So then in Mark 5, the disciples are like, we done preached to the thousands. We made it through the storm. Now we're over here. Where's the thousands? And they see one man. And this one man is possessed with demons. Thousands of demons. And I'm thinking the disciples are like, nope. I'm out of here. Like, what is happening? Jesus turned the boat around. Not doing this. But Jesus went there on purpose. That was intentional. Because sometimes Jesus leaves the crowds for one. And I wonder why. Why did the storm happen when it did? Why didn't it happen before he preached to the thousands? There was something about this man. So this man... He doesn't even know who Jesus is. So they get over there, and it says that the man, they would um, chain him up, tie him up, try everything to constrain him, and they couldn't because he was filled with demons. And so when the man, he sees Jesus from afar, and he runs to him, and he bows. And the demons speak immediately, and they say, Jesus, what have you to do with me, Son of the Most High God? I beg you before God, please do not torment me. So what's interesting about that is that this dude was possessed by all these his demons. He didn't have a voice. So who recognized who Jesus was? The demons. Not only did they recognize who he was, but they went before him and they bowed. That's pretty powerful. Jesus says, what is your name? And and he says, my name is Legion, because we are many. And they begged him not to send him out of the region. So these demons begged Jesus not to send them out of the region. Like, they needed his permission. How cool is that? Like, Jesus is so legit, right? So he says, they say, please, send us into those pigs. Has anybody eaten bacon today? Hey, I'm nothing. You did, Azalea. I'm sorry. He he told the demons. He said, go into the pigs. They went into the pigs. The pigs done ran off this little thing and fell into the water and drowned. And then guess what happened to the man? He was normal. He was good. He was healed. And the townspeople where he was, they didn't like that. Because sometimes people like it more when we're messed up, right? But that's how powerful Jesus is. Worship is a weapon. It's a weapon that we need to use. The other thing that I found really interesting is that demons can't worship. Right? Have y'all ever thought about that? They can acknowledge, but they can't worship. Worshiping is an act of your will and honor and submission to the Father. So that was the man inside. That's fascinating, y'all. You have to remember when I say that life is not always good, but God is good. I don't care what you're going through. You have got to keep going. I don't care what you've been through. You have got to keep worshiping. I don't care how hard life is. You cannot quit. You cannot do it. Sometimes we have to do things that we just don't want to do. I mean, we just do. When I told you that I went through that whole year of of mess, like, it it took everything in me to listen to worship music. I get on my lawn, like, if you know me, you know my favorite thing in the world besides Biscuit is riding my, my lawnmower, cutting my grass with my, with my AirPods in. And I say, my favorite thing to do is, is cut my grass with my worship music in. But for this past year, I've wanted to listen to, to Taylor Swift, like Jamie Fun while I'm, while I'm cutting the grass. But I can't do that. And the reason why is because I have been around this mountain so many times that I know if I step off an inch, then I'm going to go another inch. And then I'm gonna go another inch. That's what happens whenever you slowly let yourself go. So if you quit worshiping, it may be small now, but it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. You can't let that happen. I had it like just really ingrained in me, no matter what you worship. You don't feel like going to elevate, you go anyway. You don't feel like going to church, go anyway. You don't feel like reading your Bible, Read it anyway. God's a big boy. He can take it. He gets it. Don't stop, no matter what it is that you're going through. I think that sometimes we ask God to be present, but we don't put him in a position of honor. A lot of times we ask God to be present, but it's just for what we want in that time. And yet he still doesn't leave. It's it's crazy to me. He created each one of us to worship in different ways. Which is why I focused on the worship team. That it's not just music. Maybe you're a people person. And you make everybody feel comfortable when they're around you, Caroline. Maybe you are like my friend Sierra that sketches and draws and like just... Go talk to her. Like, see her stuff. She's amazing. She can do that for the glory of God. Maybe it's empty in the dishwasher without having to be asked for your parents. Conley's. Ava told me today that she ate lunch with somebody that was by herself at school. But y'all, that takes guts. We talked about it yesterday, and that takes guts. And I said, Ava, that was worshiping him. That's what that was. When you're doing those things, Noah Hendon, that you're here all the time, and you're doing all of these tedious things over and over and over, and you never, ever, ever expect to get a thank you, that's worshiping. Eli Dishman came to me and said, hey, anytime you need me, anytime you need, like schedule me, that's worship. It's not just about music. It's in everything that you do. It's the way that you treat people. It's the way that you spend money. You know what else it's in? It's in the way you treat that relationship that God trusted you with. If you have a significant other in here, does that mean marriage? Or is that boyfriend and girlfriend? Eh. You're probably with somebody else's husband or wife. You know? Yeah, in the future. But like chances, you know what I'm saying? Like honestly, like chances are of little young loves, they're not working out most of the time. They might, amazing. Like I'll do your wedding for you, awesome, word. But chances are you are dating somebody else's spouse. So I'm gonna ask you to treat them like that. Don't do anything with that person or make them feel like they need to do something that their spouse would not want them to do. A.W. Tozer says, we must never rest until everything inside of us worships God. We all worship something. When I think about in John, when we, we've we read about Mary and Martha, y'all are familiar with that story? So you've got um, Jesus and some of the disciples, and they go to Simon's house, and Lazarus is there, and... Martha is just busy, busy, busy working, and I mean, I'm thinking, like, I'm trying to put myself in her shoes. She might be thinking, hey, Jesus is in my house. That's enough, or maybe just him being in the room with me. Like, I'm good with that. I need the place to be spick and span. I need to make sure everything is perfect, but Mary, that wasn't enough for Mary. Mary said, I want to be at your feet. I want to know you. I want to know your heart. It says in John that Mary poured a precious oil called spikenard over Jesus' head to anoint him. And then she washed his feet with her hair. I wonder if she ever considered if that was a sign of disrespect. Jesus was an invited guest in Simon's house. But she had no honor and no authority in that house. And she was a woman. Her tears came like a rush pouring on Jesus' feet. What could she use to wash away the dirt? Having nothing else at hand, no towels provided by the servant or the master, Mary took down her hair and used it to wipe Jesus' feet. She took the disdain and the public disrespect of that household away from him. And took it upon herself. She removed every evidence of public rejection. With her hair. And she took it as her own. Can you imagine what that did for the heart of God? He answers that because. The guys there were not happy with it. They were like this chick just wasted this whole thing of this that's an expensive 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 oil okay that she just wasted is what they're thinking and Jesus turns to the woman and he said to Simon he said do you see this woman I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet but she's washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair You gave me no welcome, but this woman has not stopped kissing my feet. My head with oil you didn't anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with her most precious oil. So I say to this woman, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved and she worshiped much. We've heard that story over and over and over, but I think if you really, really, really think about it, people got nervous when they saw her raw hunger for God. It made them uncomfortable. And Jesus said, don't you dare stop her. Finally, somebody is doing something right. And I think the disciples questioning, over what she did. I think it devalued Mary, but even more more than that, it devalued the presence of Jesus. Really. Mary had to get to the point where her passion made her say, I don't care who sees me do this. She answered all of her whys with worship. And God wants us to do the same, even if it's in a room full of disapproving, scared disciples. The highest level of our worship will come from our brokenness. And so I'm telling you guys, I don't know what you've all been through, but I do know this. You've all been through something. And I'm telling you, don't be ashamed of it. You take it and you embrace it and you use it for God's glory. And the things that you are most ashamed of are the things that he will use the most. I promise you. I'm going to tell you some of my whys. I'm going to tell you some of my whys for worship. Jim and I found out that I was pregnant. I wasn't supposed to be pregnant. I would have rather die than tell my family that I was pregnant. And so I talked it over with him and I scheduled an appointment for an abortion an abortion that's against everything I believe in like everything in me but I scheduled the appointment and so I said to him let's just go to the first doctor's appointment they can't tell us much let's just go see what they say and then we'll make the decision and so we go to the first appointment and they tell me that it's twins Sean's on the right, Evan's on the left. (laughs) And I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you guys that if it were not twins, I do not know what would have happened. And I look at them now, and I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. And I wonder if I had gone through with it, would they have told me that it was twins? Would they have said that? That's God's miracle to me when I'm worshiping him. When Evan was, I think he was maybe two, I was sick for a really long time. I had the stomach flu for a really long time. I didn't leave my room. For weeks, I had this huge, huge, huge thing. And guys, I'm being very personal with you guys. I had this huge thing of of, um, extra strength Tylenol next to my bed. And so that night, I started feeling better. And I thought, let me get up. Let me go check the computer. Jim went to work. And I go back in my room and the bottle is empty on the floor. And I thought maybe my dog ate it. I really didn't know. There was not a single one left. And so I went to the boys. They were acting fine. I went to put them to bed and something in me just kept saying, like, no, something's not right. And so I went and I checked them again. And my little two-year-old, like Sean was sleeping, but he was like, as you could have like drugged, like out. So I had to call poison control and they had to walk me through what to do. We had to get him to the emergency room. Then they had to send him to Children's Hospital in New Orleans. There is no reason that he should have made it, but God, An entire bottle. I don't even, I still, to this day, it makes no sense. It was capsules. Like, how does somebody two years, how do they even ingest those? He was not supposed to live. We had to have CPS come to our house for months to make sure that we were fit parents. Because they thought we did this to him. That's why I worship my God. And many of you adults shall have heard this story over and over, but You young people need to know it. When I was searching for a church, I was searching. I had the twins. Ava was like a newborn. I would walk into a different church every single week. I'm carrying twins. Like I don't want anybody to know me because at the time my husband refused to go to church with me and I'm walking in and I'm like, God, like I don't wanna do this. I don't wanna search for a church. It's so awkward, it's so hard. And so I'd go in every week and I'd sit there and I'd leave and I'd call my mom and I'd say, I'm not going again. I'm not doing this, it's embarrassing. And then my grandma passed away, and my grandpa told me the story of how he was walking, and there was this caterpillar that was crossing in front of him. And he said, Jamie, he said, that was God. God was telling me that your grandma here was a, butterf- was a caterpillar, but now she's a butterfly. And I took that, and I thought, wow, that's amazing. Okay, so I'm going to try this with God. And I was like, okay, God, so I'm going to ask that you show me a gazillion, trillion butterflies when I walk into the church that I'm supposed to be a member of. And so sometime later, I walk into Living Word, didn't know a soul, sat there, and Pastor Renee starts talking about monarch butterflies and how there are so many. You can't even make out one because there's gazillions of them. Like how good is God? That's something so small. That when you tell people about it, like, when I tell people that story, it sounds so simple, but like, are are you serious? Like, that's literally what Pastor Renee preached on. That was my church. I went later to Ms. Chandra, and I said, Ms. Chandra, my husband will not come to church with me. Can I get involved in church? Like, is this going to hold me back? And she said, no. And she said, but I'll tell you this. Do not ever go to church to miss being with your husband. And I thought that was a little crazy. I'd never heard that before. But she was right. I stopped at that moment. I stopped pressuring him. I stopped when I was leaving for church with all the kids. I stopped being like, well, huh, okay, just stay in bed. Like, I stopped all of that. And look at where he is now. Like, that's God. Not only am I a member of that church, but I'm on staff at that church. Doing my absolute dream job. I've been married for 15 years. Both. But like people say, oh, we want to be like you and Mr. Jim. If y'all would have saw us the first seven years, you would have been like mortified. And that's not me being funny. That's me being honest because marriage is hard. Marriage is hard, you guys. It is hard. If not for God, we would not still be married. And that's the truth. we learn to love God first and each other second. The people that I'm surrounded with, the people that I have in my life that are speaking into my life, they carry me when I feel like I can't go anymore. They pray for me when I don't want to pray. That's a miracle. Friendship is a miracle. When one of my very best friends, when her husband died tragically, tragically in an accident, I had the honor of planning that funeral and I really thought, I kept going over to her saying, are you okay? Are you okay? Can you stand? Do you need to sit? Are you okay? And worship started and I have never seen this woman worship like she did, ever. And she was doing what Miss Pat did. She was saying, you have him, God. And I don't like it and life is not always good, but you are good and I trust you and I love you. And I will never forget that for as long as I live. I want you guys to ask yourself, if you could see God, what would be the first thing that you would say to him? Maybe you'd be silent. Maybe you'd fall down on your knees. But I want you to think about it. Laura is playing a song. It's called the Father Song. And what it is, is all of God's words for you. That he is speaking to you daily. And I want you to listen to it. I want you to listen to the words. And if you want to worship, go for it. If you want to sit there and just think about it, do that. But I want you guys to realize that everything that she is saying, that's exactly what God says to you every single day no matter what.
1: Because I wanted you They had nothing to do with that decision You were my decision I'm removing the pressure
0: that we will consider consider God that maybe we haven't been worshiping you the right way and that we will really try to figure out God what it is that we have been worshiping Lord thank you God for being good God thank you God for being just thank you for being holy God thank you for never giving up on any of us God You, God, we love you, God, we honor you, God, and we worship you. In your name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Episodes are recorded every Wednesday at Elevate Student Ministry. All students, 7th through 12th grades, are welcome.